Welcome to the Michigan Opportunity, an economic development podcast featuring candid conversations with business leaders across Michigan. You'll hear firsthand accounts from Michigan business leaders and innovators about how the state is driving job growth and business investment, supporting a thriving entrepreneurial ecosystem, building vibrant communities, and helping to attract and retain one of the most diverse and significant workforces in the nation. Welcome to the Michigan Opportunity, brought to you by the Michigan Economic Development Corporation. Hello, my name's Ed Clementi. I'm your host today on the show, and we're lucky to have Michael Helander, co-founder and CEO of Airspace Link. Welcome to the show, Michael. Thanks, Ed. I'm very excited about the drone growth, and I know you're actually very involved with it, but your niche for drones is different than what most people would think. You're sort of a little bit, I'll let you describe, what do you tell people what you do in your quick sort of 30-second speech? Yeah, I, I think about uh, Google Maps for drones or, or Waze for drones, but the difference is the roads don't exist yet. So Google Maps had the roads to map to, the, the rules, the regulations, you know, where are the guardrails, speed limits, all of that in place. So what we focus on is two parts. One is uh, building the roads and rules and regulations in partnership with the FAA and uh, state and local governments. Uh, and then we publish those uh say, rules and regulations and, and where you can and can't fly and how to get authorization to the drone industry, whether you're a recreational pilot, a Part 107 commercial pilot, and, and most recently uh, through the BEYOND program, flying BEYOND Visual Line of Sight for advanced operations. Uh, so we're the mapping and the digital infrastructure for the drone industry to help them scale. So not and I, I don't know if you threw this term out there, but like GIS and GPS, you have to, why don't you explain what both those are real quick anyway? Yeah. So our focus, like I mentioned, is mapping. Well, geographic information systems, GIS is uh, an authoritative data system that's used by federal, state, and local governments to, to manage and publish, like I said, the roads. Uh, we use that to build out those digital roads. It's a, you can't see them. So they have to be managed in, in a system that is showing where you can and can't fly at 400 feet and below. And we also have to start to build safety cases too. Think of it almost like a transportation planning tool. Where are we going to put in the roads and why? Well, it's very strict on, you know, FAA is about safety, all about safety and, and their high standards and what you're flying over. You don't want to drive, fly over schools, hospitals, jails. Uh, you need to understand the number of people you're flying over, the land use, the zoning, people's property lines, understanding that helps build out these corridors for flying. And that's done through what's called GIS. And GPS comes into play when the, when the drones are flying to follow those corridors and the, those flight paths through those communities. So it's not annoy, uh, annoyance or uh, involved privacy issues. Yeah. So one is sort of like the map and the other thing is the actual vehicle coordinates going from point A to point B kind of thing. You got it. Okay. And, um, you know, I know that uh, this area is, I mean, I see drones everywhere, but I'm sure, isn't there also, I know, you, what is the ceiling again said, 400 feet? Yeah, so uh, so our company, we partner with the FAA uh, and we're a supplier. Uh, we're the front end for all those rules and regulations, and it's called LANCE, Low Altitude Authorization and Notification Capability. And that was uh, uh, put in place as a lightweight air traffic control system. So if you want to fly in controlled airspace, uh, which is here in Michigan, it's 40 or 50% of the population is in controlled airspace. You have to get approval to fly through our system. Uh, and we communicate your flight location and time and height 
two air traffic control towers throughout Michigan. Uh, it just takes a few seconds to get the authorization, um, but that's the first step in having an air traffic control system here uh, in the U.S. for drones. And I would imagine it's even harder because, say, even though you use the analogy of roads, it's actually three-dimensional. Right. So, yeah, yep. it makes it a lot harder than just like on a paved road. It's going up and down and laterally and everything else. So I imagine that's like an air traffic controller problems, like when they're bringing planes in the landing. Right. So. Yeah, and the difference is, you know, you know where the airports are. They land and take off in the same location. Now, with the introduction of drones, you're going to see that a lot more landing and takeoff locations are going to happen throughout our community. And that's what our system is in place for is to help. It's kind of like scooters came into cities and they weren't ready for them. They just, they're everywhere. Well, the FAA doesn't want that to happen. So we've built in in this type of transportation planning and then UTM unmanned traffic management system to support the integration. So it just doesn't go nuts. Uh, It's, it's going through a process and safety is driving all of it Uh, as safety and community engagement and, community perception is a big deal over uh, the the next year. And I would imagine, too, that uh, there's even, you know, you got to like I know on your website, you work with a lot of different local governments. um, And is there a like a defined boundary? I remember like when we got property up north, we had mineral rights below us. Is there like the same kind of restrictions, like going vertical. And this is a very hot topic, by the way. So the oh, F- okay, we don't get too hot, <laughs> but I'll, I'll keep it very simple. Where we're at today, so the FAA owns all airspace from the ground up. Um, but if you want to fly, start to fly through a community, um, you have to build a pretty heavy safety case. What are you flying over? How many people? How many businesses? Are you flying over a, a group of people or a 911 call? How do you know that? So by having communities uh, connect to our platform, cities, counties, and states, they are communicating what's on the ground in ma- any major events, uh, you know, a, a soccer game or a parade or farmer's market or a 911 call. That data is now used in real time for f- pilots. So as they fly through a city, they can change their flight paths um, based on what's happening, not only in the air, which the FAA is concerned about, but also what's happening on the ground. And that's what's going to help scale the drone industry is that community engagement and having a tool to publish, hey, there's there's something sensitive happening here on the ground. Um, fly at the risk um, that's re- required for your drone. Yeah, you know, and we're going to get a little bit more about where you think the future is going to be with some of the actual products that could be used. But when you said light and heavy, what's considered, what is like, is there a pound differential? Is it size or what? Yeah, it's absolutely. So there. So let me explain. There's really a switch of good and bad. So uh, right now we we as a company and, and the FAA manages airspace at 400 feet and below. 55 pound drones or less. So that's a, that is the, that we manage that today um, with 726 airports throughout the U S. So above that starts to get into a heavier waiver and process uh, because as you start to get to uh, you know, 400 to 500 feet and heavier drones or aircraft, now you start to get into air uh, helicopters and it starts to get a bit congested. And when you start intermingling with a manned aircraft, it, it becomes a real issue uh, for safety. And you might have mentioned this, but uh, did you say there's a floor too? 
Uh, there is not a floor today. There is a, it's called Lee Law, that is up for potential ruling that cities could potentially manage or create ordinances at up to 200 feet, from the ground to 200 feet. So there's a, a real challenge out there in the industry, the FAA, local governments, and the drone industry that are at, at odds right now over that rule. We uh, we are monitoring it, and uh, for our system, it will manage either way. So if that rule goes into effect, our system will adapt, and then communities will be able to manage that airspace. If it doesn't, then our system will still manage it at the uh, federal level as well. So that is that is up for debate. Yeah. Well, you know, let me ask a couple other things, too. Uh, this is more on the technology side. But does the rollout of 5G or edge computing kind of have to play some of the aspects for you, too? Yes. Um, so we are deploying. So think of us as a digital infrastructure with all the mapping and where things go. The, the, the Some of our partners, um, when you create our, the safety case, our system figures out what you're flying over, how many people and the probability of hitting someone on the ground or in the air. The next piece of the safety system for the FAA is what is your communication networks? How strong is it? Do you have any dead spots? What is your what is the risk of losing connectivity? So 5G and leveraging existing infrastructure is super important. And leveraging the existing radar systems, even here in Michigan, we're doing a feasibility study through uh, Southeast Michigan and parts of Michigan of what infrastructures already there, what infrastructure is going in for autonomous vehicles, say for uh, some of these autonomous uh, or vehicles, and how can we leverage that, not just for those vehicles on the ground, but for above the ground. That's very important is the investment that the state is putting into the infrastructure for the ground, it will uh, transfer to the air as well. Uh, so that's really important. So 5G is important. Yeah. And I, I just know that with things like, uh, I know it's Starlink and I know the people are setting up, uh, you know, different platforms of getting with the edge computing closer to devices so that you don't have to make that, you know, you can lighten the load of battery you know, operations, right? So, yeah, we're definitely, uh, we have some companies that are looking at putting charging stations for drones so they can hop. Um, that's very important too. Uh, again, everything is uh, aligns with safety. So if a drone it goes up against a headwind and it needs to ditch or land because the batteries are dying, having those charging stations, and we're looking at, uh, we have partnered with some cell tower companies that want to make their, the, uh, the area along the bottom of the pole a emergency landing location because they have great locations. They're, they're powered and they're secured behind a fence. So that starts to get locations where they can dock, charge, unload some data uh, if needed, maybe to get to their next location. Um, so yeah, edge computing is going to be pretty important as well. You're listening to the Michigan Opportunity, featuring candid conversations with Michigan business leaders on what makes Michigan a leading state to live, work, and play. Listen to more episodes at michiganbusiness.org forward slash podcast. I first heard of you through a friend, mutual friend of ours, Tim Keyes, but but I also know that because of the Aerotropolis, and I, I don't know if you want to give a definition of it, it's basically a catch basin around the two airports in Southeast Michigan, but I know you're doing a lot of work with them, but who are some of your other partners? And I should also mention, I think you partner quite a bit with the MEDC as well, right? Yeah. So uh, 
You know, we started this company a couple of years ago and uh, we did, we went through the Planet M group and they helped us get started. We got our first hot desk, one person and, or two of us, myself and Anna. And, um, and then we grew. Uh, Anna's your wife, by yeah, the way. Yeah, my wife. So she's a co-founder. So we had three co-founders, uh, Danny Bradshaw, Anna Helander, and myself. And, and they helped us get started here in Michigan through mobility, uh, you know, putting us into that group and getting us connected locally. And uh, we've grown tremendously. We've we've raised uh, $14 million in two years, uh, which we still have a lot of that money to put to work that we've barely touched. And, um, and they were a big part of that, helping us build a, this great startup in Detroit. Um, and downtown is our headquarters. So they are a huge piece of uh, getting us started with the MADC. And we still keep close to them because we're building jobs even for ourselves, but then uh, potential manufacturing jobs that will come down the road with uh, what's going on in Aerotropolis. So Aerotropolis was one of our first customers. Uh, they tied the same week, our very first customer in Ontario, California, and Aerotropolis here in Detroit. And they they were our first customers to start to build out this digital infrastructure. Now we're at a point where we are going to start to have drone operations. A large uh, uh, manufacturing or uh, automotive company is going to use the system to uh, do just-in-time parts delivery along the supply chain. Um and we've started to bring in drone operators that will sit on top of our platform that will provide those services. Uh, and a little bit more B2B, we have a healthcare facility too that will do um, medical delivery from hospital to hospital. So this is for drone delivery. It's not what you would think, a burrito to your house. It's uh, We're starting with you know, from uh, business to business to get it introduced into the communities. Uh, and in Syracuse, New York, for example, they're doing COVID test kit delivery through through the downtown city from hospital to hospital, just to start to introduce it. So uh, Detroit Aerotropolis is one of the leaders to the point where NASA is considering it as a, a test site uh, for Willow Run and a proposal has been sent in. So just from a year ago of doing our first, you know, kickoff uh, test, and now we're being looked at as a leader. Yeah, no, no. I mean, it's kind of interesting because it's sort of the Wild West still a little bit too, right? Because I don't know where everybody's going to land, and no pun intended. Um, but you were going to add something? Sorry. No, I was going to say it, it is a bit of the Wild Wild West, but it is it is all the rules and regulations have been uh, submitted to the uh, – they are in process. There is something called remote ID that all drone manufacturers within 16 months cannot sell a drone here in the U.S. without – uh, broadcasting their location, uh, where they're at, and and it truly is becoming an air traffic control system for recreational drones in Part 107. And now we're about to layer on uh, another type of drones, uh, package delivery drones, which are a little bit more uh, commercialized than your recreational uh, flights, and that will be happening by the end of this year, uh, 2021. And you're physically, your office is downtown Detroit, right? Yep. Yeah, we're on Library Street in downtown Detroit. And you're, I know I went on your website, but you probably can correct me, but you're in multiple states, right? How many states are you in? We're in 19 states as of today. Um, we had a really good uh, fourth quarter last last year, and um, we are very busy. And uh, we are hiring another 30 to 40 people um, in 2021. <laughs> So we uh, so we we are busy from an HR standpoint um, hiring 
So think about 2021 is really setting up for 2022 because of a lot of the infrastructure funding that's coming down. There is funding from federal highways for building UAS uh, departments and infrastructure at the state level across the U.S. So we are positioning for that to help integrate drones. Can you say what UAS is again? Uh, yeah, unmanned uh, uh, aircraft systems or um, unmanned aircraft. It's a drone. Unmanned aircraft system. It's the entire system, not just a drone, but the control station and, and what you control it with. As we get sort of near the end here, I had a, does that mean you'll be integrating platforms, say, with uh, autonomous vehicles? And I know up at Michigan Tech, they're working on uh, autonomous vessels in the water. Is that going to be a shared platform or will they all be sort of separate platforms? Uh, it might connect to them, um, but the airspace is very much a uh, its own system because it, the odds of a drone hitting a car or a vehicle on the ground or something on the water is very different where managing the traffic in the air is kind of its own system. Now, understanding if a pack, so, you know, a example of a, um, best way to put this, a uh, organ delivery is being done now uh, that is being driven by a truck then using a drone that launches from that truck to an autonomous uh, drone uh, that is a, a manned aircraft that then is landing and then going into an autonomous vehicle that is going to the other hospital. And this is all about a, a multimodal system. That is where they're tying in together when it's a multimodal and communications on how to get something from A to B using different uh, uh, mobility tra- uh, systems but not for air traffic management. Hopefully I expand that. It's a closed system, but you can tie into it to understand where a drone is at and where it will be. Right. So the integration, so they don't somehow, but you you do need that. It's more about communication. Like if we are trying to get something of critical or, you know, we need a part from A to B, um, knowing where it's going to, you know, be dropped off. uh, It will be the communication. Right. But mainly I think in your example, and I've, I've got like two questions left for you. But um, but I know, like, I think you mentioned or we talked once about, say, my mom was uh, on insulin and say it was like, a, you know, we couldn't get it to her quick enough. Say it was the day after a snowstorm or something like that. Like that is going to probably be the early adopters or at least what people would be used to seeing first going over public spaces. Right. Yeah. So B2B is going to happen starting this year. It'd be the public space and we'll be back and forth between hospitals. Say that the next step is for, it's all about public acceptance is, is getting an EpiPen to someone or medical, especially during COVID, this became a big deal that you could just order a product from a, a CVS or an Amazon. And if they cannot get out there or you need it in real time, 30 minutes or less, it, it does have these quick shot drones that will go out and drop off the packages um, and skip all the traffic uh, and, and get to where it needs to be. And that will start to roll out uh, after the summer. And the reason for that, there's com- something called type certification. So there's 12 companies getting their drone certified to do package delivery, but they have to get this certification. Once they get that, they can mass produce those drones. But until they get certified, they can't mass produce. Right. And I know we could probably do this for another couple hours, but I do have two two questions. I know you're going to really struggle, so I'm not going to really 
nail you too much on this last one, but the one before it is, I know you do mentoring with kids and what would you like, like, obviously go to your website, right? They, you know, but if say you're talking to a middle school kid or high school kid, you know, you're saying this is a great place to maybe work in the future, right? Absolutely. So I, I do mentor Frederick Douglass High School in Detroit and Belleville High School. Um, GIS, mapping systems, learning that. Uh, second would drones, getting a drone pilot, and then combining those uh, together is, is a big deal. So understanding aviation mapping systems and, and drones will be extremely valuable uh, in multiple areas um, within the industry over the next decade. And uh, the last question, you probably have a better bird's eye view of this of anybody that we've asked, but what do you like living, you know, what do you like best about living in Michigan? Because I'm sure you've seen it from higher up than most of us. <laughs> um, I, I'd have to say I used to love the winters. I don't know as much. Now, I, I, you know what? The resurgence in Detroit, you know, I had a, I had a startup in, in California. And when I came back here and started Airspace Link, I said, I want to stay here. And uh, I was able to work with like MEDC to convince me to stay. And, um, and then Dan Gilbert's group uh, to invest here, invest Detroit helped us say, all right, we will invest to keep uh, this type of technology here. And uh, it's been amazing compared to other locations because there's so many ways to invest or too many people, too much noise in other states. We're here in Michigan. It's very streamlined. There's only so many investors. There's only some, you know, one MEDC, one Planet M, and we were able to streamline, uh, very focused, uh, and allowed us to move very quickly. So that's when it's been great to, to be here in Michigan. And I'm sure our producers of the show are going to steal some of those quotes you just gave us because they're pretty gold for them to know the great, the great links you have to the MEDC and to the state of Michigan. And with that, I want to thank again Michael Helander, the co-founder and CEO of Airspace Link. Thanks, Michael, for taking time to be with us today. Uh, thank you. The Michigan Opportunity is brought to you by the Michigan Economic Development Corporation. Join us and make your mark where it matters. Visit michiganbusiness.org forward slash radio to put your plans in motion. 